Well, good morning, church family. Uh, so great to worship God with you. You've come to the highlight of our week as we get to celebrate the amazing love of our God. And yes, you still found us at home. We are still live streaming, and we will continue this live stream going. And so a few tips on how to live stream well. First is to tune in and then tune out. Block out every other distraction, every other cell phone. Maybe put the dog in the, the kennel um, and, uh, and, and tune in for this broadcast. Another thing you should know about our church is we love to reach new people with the message of Christ. Our mission statement is to reach the lost with the love of Christ. And one way you can do that is simply by sharing this feed. And then all of your friends, all of your family members will be able to see this broadcast and may even tune in with you. How great would that be? Then finally, because community looks a little different, at least for now, feel free to interact. Feel free to amen during the sermon, to say hi to those who are just joining this feed. Uh, maybe shame them that they're late to the feed. I'm kidding about that one. Uh, <laughs> but have fun interacting with your community members. I'm so excited to just be in the Word of God this morning. It seems like this world is just blowing up and reaching a boiling point. And the series that we're starting today is... How to neighbor. And if ever there was a word needed, I think how to love one another is so essential right now. Today, the theme that we'll talk about is how do we bear with those who may be different in opinion or different in personality. Bearing with is our theme for this morning. But now let's invite God to be here with us as we pray um, that he would bless our worship. We pray together. Heavenly Father, we need you, it seems, now more than ever. Rule our hearts by the peace Jesus won for us. Remind us we are loved now and forever by you. Lord, as we meet with you, we also ask that this gift of love extend from us to those around us. Not for our glory, but for yours. So that they may also find the love above every other. Bless our worship. In Jesus' name, amen. And so now I invite you to stand if you're at home and to sing loud and proud our first song. Have fun with this one called Great Things.
Right now, our world is searching for answers on so many different fronts. And so we look to leadership, we look to our economy, we look to experts in health to give us answers we so desperately need. In these moments, we just recognize the answer cannot be in any other person, and it definitely is not in us. We have the opportunity to confess our brokenness, that this world needs hope, and it doesn't come from us. It comes from a Savior, God. So we invite you at this moment to confess your sins along with us. Gracious God, you have called me to love my neighbor as an extension of love for you. But I confess so often I've been impatient, unkind, and unloving. Forgive me for the sake of Jesus and empower me to love like you. Dear friends, we have good news. There is the King of Kings. And you might wonder, what kind of king is he? Well, first of all, he reigns above every other authority and power. He is in control. But perhaps my favorite is he is the king of love, of an agape love, an unconditional love, a love that shows itself in action. The king of love laid down his life on the cross for you and I so that I can remind you that you are loved and your sins, they are forgiven. This in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May you find your answers in him alone. We now continue with our next song, King of Kings. In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt
that stone was moved for good for the lamb had conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who had come to the father are restored and the church of christ was born and the spirit lit the flame now the sky And so at this time, we have the opportunity to pray together as a church community. And uh, we will be monitoring the feed, so if you have any prayer requests, uh, please uh, feel free to chat that in the chat box. Uh, today, we're going to pray again for peace, uh, that we would love our enemies um, and those we have reason to uh, dislike or for those who have hurt us. Um, after this, we'll also join together at the very end in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, so as I pray uh, for peace, um, feel free again to chat in uh, any requests at this time. O oh God, Lord of all, your Son commanded us to love all, even our enemies, and to pray for them. Deliver us from prejudice, from hatred, from cruelty. Help us to endure unjust treatment without seeking revenge. Fill our hearts with the forgiving love that we learn only from Christ, and may that love so move the hearts of our enemies that one day they and we may stand before you, reconciled to you and to one another through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, we also pray for our leadership, in particular our president, that you give him wisdom as he navigates some very gray territory. Lord, we also extend that prayer for all those who are in leadership positions, for our governor, for our mayors, for all local leadership. Lord, we pray for peace in general, uh, that there would be just your love ringing true throughout our land, that your people would change the world, um, inspired and empowered by your spirit. We pray for those in leadership like the police, who protect us, who guard us, who keep good order. We pray for Julie Shidden, who is hospitalized at this time. Continue to be with her. And let her know the power of your presence and grant her peace. Lord, we pray this all in Jesus' name. And now we join together in the prayer that you taught us. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. One final request came in. Uh, we pray for uh, Rick this past uh, year and know that God will put Rick in his hands and for our churches as we continue to navigate these gray waters as well, but continue to hold out the message of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. And at this time, we now love to blend both old and new, and so we sing hymns. And our hymn for today is Let All Things Now Living. Inside it's comfortable, inside a house, inside a family, inside a routine. But what if we widen our view beyond the fence across the street? Outside we find people struggling with loneliness, poverty, 
families that don't look like ours or without a safe family at all. Jesus didn't call us to live by our neighbors. He called us to love our neighbors. And so again, thank you for joining us as we listen to God's word. I invite you to pray with me. Let's ask God to bless the preaching of his word. Heavenly Father, you promise that your word will accomplish the purpose for which you send it. So accomplish that good work in our hearts. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> Friends, is it possible that the pandemic is bringing out the worst in people? Let's keep things light and look outside of our country. Do you remember the toilet paper panic? In Australia, there was a woman at a grocery store who pulled out a knife in order to secure her precious commodity. In London, a young Chinese man was beaten up, left with a fractured face, all because of his origins and where the pandemic stemmed from. In the Indian Ocean, as people were coming home from a cruise, Instead of being welcomed by hurrahs and celebration and balloons, people hurled rocks and abuse at them, wondering why they were coming on shore. Is it possible the pandemic is bringing out the worst in people? As we look at the, our states, uh, it's interesting the various opinions and reactions over what we should do with the pandemic. Maybe you heard in Wisconsin that the governor had one idea and the Supreme Court had another idea on how to go forward, and there was a collision. In our own state in Illinois, there's a state rep who wants to recall our governor because doesn't agree with how things are being processed and managed. Mayors are disagreeing and businesses are disagreeing, and, and there is no gentleness and respect. It seems like there's only hate and hostility and rage and a lack of patience. Can you relate to this? Is it true the pandemic is bringing out the worst in people? And I didn't even touch on what probably first came to mind when I said that. The killing of George Floyd, the reaction, the rioting and the looting, the misunderstanding of people, the misrepresenting of people, the not representing at all, the various strains of hate and discord. Is it possible that the pandemic is bringing out the worst in people. And so in reaction to all this, a song comes to my mind. You can join in if you want. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Right? Can you relate? We need a little bit more, I'll listen to you and instead of you listening to me. I'll be there for you. I got your back. No matter your race, your age, your position in leadership, I, I'm going to be there for you and, and try to think the best of you. That's what love is all about. And that's why I'm so excited to just be here and dwell in the goodness of God's word with you and to start our new series called How to Neighbor. How to Neighbor. Here's the picture. This is the world we live in where there are many people, different ages and genders and colors, and yet God calls us to get along. And something that I love about being in the church is that God not only is the epitome of every good thing, 
But then listening to who he is and trying to be like him, we follow in his footsteps and find a better way to deal with people and a better way to handle situations. Now, I want to welcome you if you are new to Christianity. Maybe you found this because someone shared it online. And I I simply want you to know the goodness of God. There is nothing better than who he is. But also, maybe you'll take away this morning that he's not only good, but his ways are good. So to get things going, I want to talk a little bit about an overarching principle on how to enable. And that is the golden rule. Do you know the golden rule? Here it is. Uh, you can say it out loud at home. The golden rule is to treat others as you would like to be treated. Have you ever used the golden rule? Yeah, maybe there's a mom who at home said, you know, you wouldn't like to be treated that way, young one, by your brother. Don't treat him that way. Maybe there's a boss who said, you know, we got to do a little bit more of this, people. It's funny, this comes up in so many different contexts, in so many different religions even, uh, because it's just such a valuable principle on how to live. In fact, in ancient India, uh, they put it this way in one of their writings. It said, one should never do something to others that one would regard as an injury to one's own self. Makes a lot of sense. In ancient Greece, they put it this way, avoid doing what you would blame others for doing. (laughs) It's funny though, have you ever pointed the finger and then found out that in one way or another you were just like what you were mad against? (laughs) But we take our cue from the word of God. And from the ancient document, the Bible, in around 1500 B.C., predating many of these ancient scripts, uh, we find God putting it this way, using a word that's transcendent. He said, love. Love your neighbor as yourself. And this is something that Jesus picked up in the New Testament as well, as he was having a dialogue between a teacher of the law, breaking it apart, saying, love God with everything you got, and then love your neighbor. And this is the summation of what God wants. What's interesting, though, is I think there are different motivations on why to do this. I think that for some people, the reason we want to operate with the golden rule is that if I'm nice to them, they'll be nice to me. Because after all, what comes around goes around, or what goes around comes around, right? And so if I'm good with you and I share something with you when you're in need, maybe you'll share something with me. I think that's a motivation for many people, that if I'm good to you, I'll receive good in return. Do you know, as Christians, we have a different motivation? We remember that when we weren't neighbors, and that when we were broken, and that when we were disobedient and rebellious, we found a perfect neighbor in Jesus Christ, who showed us the best way to neighbor by laying down his life. And with that, he brought us so much good. He has forgiven our sins. He's brought peace and unity to the body of Christ, and he's promised eternal life to all who believe. And that's the reality for us in Christ. We have already received good, and that is our motivation to be good. So first takeaway, many use the golden rule to receive good. We use the golden rule because of the good we've already received. So let's turn now to the word of God. I'm so excited to get into it. Uh, The book of Colossians, written by Paul. And and here Paul is just saying, you know, how you dance with one another and and, and how you relate to one another. Here are some great rules for holy living. And we feel it's not only just Paul's words, but that God, in a miraculous way, preserved these words. That he's speaking to us through the Bible. 
And so in honor of the Word of God, I'm going to invite you to stand, if you're at home, um, just as we hear these wonderful words. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another, with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whatever, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Beautiful words that we get to set our hearts upon. Before you sit down, can you practice an air high five with someone around you? Air high five. We're going to have to practice that when we get back together. Um, And then say, good to see you, neighbor. Good to see you, neighbor. Is there if we have some fun in the Word of God? All right. So I want to know, uh, have you moved anything recently? I know there are home projects going on, and so maybe you move the furniture around. Maybe you have those who have found a new house, and so you've recently packed up a truck and then unpacked the truck. Um, it's interesting that whenever you move, you come to this point where whatever you're carrying, gravity sets in. Like, you might start off with a smile on your face, and I'm not sure anyone is ever that happy smiling. This is obviously a photo. <laughs> but, but after a while, once you're carrying that couch, you feel the strain on your muscles, You get exhausted. You take two steps more than what you wanted to go with it. And you're tempted with this idea. I know this is my couch, and I know I don't want it to be broken, but I'm just thinking of dropping it. (laughs) And I don't care about the corners. I don't care what's going to happen. I'm just more concerned about my muscles feeling relief. You ever been there? Maybe there's someone who's actually dropped something. We had this recently. We were moving this big, heavy desk for my daughter, Nadia, And I was on one side, and my daughter, Bella, and my wife was on the other side, and we're moving it up the stairs, and we we got to that point. And we considered just dropping it. We don't care what happens. But don't worry, we got it there. It was safe. The reason I bring up this experience is that is exactly what Paul is picturing in the Word of God, as it relates not to to moving, but to people. That he says there's going to get a point where they've spent your very last nerve, and all you want to do is stomp off and say, there's going to be a point where they've said one too many off-colored comments and one too many opinions that were not your opinion, and you're going to be tempted to just fire this email and fire on Facebook. And And you know what Paul says? Mind the corner. Don't just drop it. In fact, our our first word, bear with. And that literally from the Greek had this idea of holding up against the pressure of people who are different than you, of opinions that are completely a 180 from the way you're thinking, of those who just don't mesh with you and, and, and you have a hard time understanding their personality. He says to those people, bear with. 
Don't drop them. Don't fly off the handle. Seek to understand and be patient with them. And so our first takeaway for neighboring is this. Neighbor by holding up against the negative pressure. Now, at this point, you might be nodding your head in agreement. You know, Pastor, that's, that's real good. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's do that. Uh, how? <laughs> how do I do that? I'm glad you asked. You know what I love about God? He never asks us to do something that he hasn't already done a thousandfold for us. If you have no relation with God, this is something you need to know about him. The theme throughout the Old Testament. When he showed up to Moses, this is what Moses heard about who God was. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. Say this out loud. Slow to anger overflowing with mercy and truth. This idea of slow to anger was picked up by so many of the Old Testament prophets. Nahum, Jeremiah, Isaiah, the psalmist, Jonah, they all picked up on this idea that when it comes to God, you know what he is? Slow to anger. And see, it's not that he wants people to abuse his grace. In fact, in Romans, if you read about his grace and his mercy, he says, that's only to show my kindness to lead you to repentance. Not that you would continue on and on and on in it. But he proves time and time again that he loves to show mercy. He delights when others come back to be forgiven. He doesn't fly off the handle. He doesn't drop us. That's the God we have today. And I'm so thankful he's different than many other people. I'm so thankful that God is not the one who's ready to just tell me off every time I've done wrong. He's not the one who's just tempted to drop me as I'm tempted, or, or maybe you're tempted, or maybe we have dropped other people in the past. No, God is so much better. And so I know there's a, a golden rule, but when I, I thought about God, there was a new rule that came to my mind, and I'm like, well, what's better than gold? I did some research, platinum. Platinum. And so maybe here is the, the platinum rule, that we should treat others as God treats others. We should look at it through his lens. And in this way, we will not neighbor poorly, we will neighbor well. But, but something I love about scripture today is there are just so many beautiful pictures that Paul paints. We have one of holding up, and our next one has this idea of Finding something to wear. So I'm sorry if you shop at Cabela and that's where your wardrobe comes from. This dialogue probably is not helpful for you. Um, <laughs> but for all you others who have ever struggled about what to wear um, and, and have really stood in the closet and had this moment, I've got nothing to wear, uh, this is a dialogue that will be helpful. Um, so when is the last time you were really conscientious of what you put together? Something that I love out of COVID-19 is that for the graduates of 2020, People had put on their graduation pictures. Do you see any of these? And so you saw some mullets, you saw some bangs, you saw some gold chains and gold watches. It was a blast. But, but maybe you were there. You knew what it was to try to put something together for your senior pictures. Maybe for you, it was a job interview. And, and you're wondering, you know, what, what, what to wear. Maybe for you, it was a first date. For me, I'll never forget our wedding. I always love the color baby blue. Baby blue from North Carolina, Michael Jordan. Baby blue from my high school, Lakeside, and, and now from my kids' high school, Illinois Lutheran. Baby blue, yeah. 
And, and I've also been inspired by Dumb and Dumber. And I'm like, if I could get this tux, babe, like, we would just have the best wedding in the world. By the way, that, that got vetoed really fast. So I didn't go with the baby blue tux, but what I did have the idea of was everything could be business here, but I could get baby blue shoes. It'd be awesome, right? Everyone would remember the baby blue pop. That also got vetoed by Better Style Guru, but anyway. We think of what to wear so that people might like us. We think of our hair. We think of our jewelry. We think of the style, right? So that people might say, hey, I relate to that guy. Well, Paul today picks up on the idea that we need to be conscientious with our clothing. But it has nothing to do with the threads. It has nothing to do with your hairstyle, nothing to do with jewelry, and has everything to do with your character. The imagery he uses, he says this, clothe yourselves with what? Compassion and kindness, humility and gentleness and patience. I mean, these all look so beautiful. What is humility? Humility is this idea, I'm going to lower my opinion in order to hear from you first. Gentleness, because sometimes you know it's not just what you're saying, but how you're saying it. And, and the tone is really, really important. But then what I love is compassion. The Greek word is splankna. And it's a funny Greek word because translated, it, it means the bowels of compassion, like the innards, the intestines, the very deep-seated nature of you. When I read that word in the Greek, it reminded me of another word, splanknizomai, which is what Jesus had. Jesus felt splankna when he was looking at a crowd and he said, you know what, they're like, they're like sheep without a shepherd. And he was seeing how spiritually lost they were. Jesus felt the splankna when he met a, a young mom who was carrying her son dead in her arms. And he raised that boy out of compassion. Splankna. It's what the father and the prodigal son had. When, when he saw his boy coming home, it's the reason that he got up out of his chair, he ran to that boy, and he welcomed him home because he felt something deep, deep inside. And Paul says, you want to be in style? You want to wear something really good that will never fade, that will always be in fashion? He says, you neighbor, by putting on that compassion, by feeling something for someone else, by saying, I'll do whatever it takes to show love to this person, regardless of their position and their race and their gender and their difference, I am going to show love to those around me. How good this is. And Paul wraps up our wardrobe with, a finishing touch. I don't know if you've ever done that. Maybe you picked out some jewelry, some earrings. Maybe it was the shoes or the tie that, that drew the whole thing together. Paul has something like that. He says, over compassion, over all the virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Agape love. Unconditional love. The love that shows itself in action. The love that God offered. But now let me ask you, according to Paul, how well are you dressed? Are you in style today? Man, reading this through, it is heartbreaking how many times I've put on things that were out of style. 
things like selfishness and anger, things like impatience and meanness, a sharp tongue. And as my daughter Nadia would say, that's cringy. That's a wardrobe you can't even wear to Walmart. But then how do we look beautiful? Man, we are here for Jesus. I need to get up for this. There is nothing more beautiful than Jesus. He is the one tempted in every way, found without sin. He is the reason we are called righteous and clothed in him. You're a stunner. You're a knockout. It is impossible for you to look any better simply by holding on in faith because you are credited his garments, his wardrobe, simply by believing. In fact, in the book of Galatians, it says this for us who are in Christ Jesus. It says, all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. You have changed your wardrobe. You look just like Jesus simply through faith. And if you're new to this message, we just want you to know you have the right to peace today, for beauty today. No matter how bad your actions look, no matter how cringy you were before, you are beautiful in God's eyes. That's the gospel we proclaim. But Paul is not done helping us. And flowing from the love of God is the love that we share with others. And so we need to move on to our next picture. And for this, he talks about referees. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to be an umpire for a softball or little league game. Maybe there are some moms who play referee at home. You will not use that tone of voice. You will not treat your brother that way. <laughs> I, I saw an interesting video with uh, churches getting back together, and there's so many rules right now, right, of uh, the distancing and the mask wearing and the sanitation, that uh, one church came up with this idea of uh, a church referee. I don't know, Amazing Love, is this what we should do? <laughs> a guy calling, you know, illegal use of hands because they just hand shook. Uh, some guy got a technical for not using the hand sanitizing station. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I think we're beyond that, though, right? We're, 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 a, we're a big, big person church. We don't need a referee. Well, Paul says, when it comes to life, you need to referee something. And it's not social distancing, and it's not attitude at the home. You need to referee what's going on in your heart. And, and he says this, he says, let the peace of Christ rule or umpire or call the shots in your heart. And so if something is disrupting the peace, you need to call a foul. You need to call a T. You need to get them out of there, baby. And so maybe it's this week and, and you've just been racked with guilt and shame as if God still remembers it after you repented. And you need to throw that thing out. It's got no place in your heart. You were called to peace and peace was won. Maybe you have a lack of peace as you look to the future and you still don't have answers and you're not sure how things are going to shake down and you need to throw that out. You need to call a foul on that. Call a foul on that excess worry that's gone over planning. God has called you to peace and he's still in control. He feeds birds and clothes flowers and he knows how to take care of you. Yeah, we need to guard our hearts for peace. But it's interesting that the peace we have, it was always meant to flow out to the people around us. That what we first give to us, we now give to others. Just like on an airplane, whenever the oxygen comes down, right? They say, first give to you and then you can help someone else. So this peace that starts here goes to others. And Paul goes on and he says this. 
since as members of one body you are called to peace. Now I love the illustration of the body of Christ. That just as a body has hands and eyes and nose and ears and they're all radically different, so we are. Different genders and ages and perspectives and races and socioeconomic statuses, all of that God has glorified in. Differences are not bad, they're beautiful. When we see them for what they are and the unique giftedness that people bring. And so he says, you're that body and guess what you're called to? You are called to peace. Peace is a people and peace in the church. But let me have a conversation with you church people. You've been in the church for more than a year. Are we always so good at keeping the peace? Or have really petty things ever divided us? To the watching world, we don't always give a great picture. We are a people who sometimes let division creep in over paint colors, over carpeting, over budgets, over so many things that were less than what needed to divide us, so many things that were not the hills we needed to die on. In fact, right now, you better believe that the devil could use the difference of opinion right now to divide his people, the church. I was reading an article uh, by the Gospel Coalition on don't let COVID-19 divide your church. And some of the things rang true for how tempted we are to again accuse, to not be patient, to not be kind, to not take words and actions in the pos best possible way. And so to into this, Paul, Paul says, you're called to peace. And into this, the psalmist says this says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard. Now, now maybe that's why I grew a beard, so I could do the oil thing and see how pleasant that is. I don't know how pleasant that oil is, but I do know how pleasant it is when people fight for unity. Have you ever seen it? It is so beautiful when someone tries to understand, even though they have huge opinions on the other end. Man, that is beautiful. It's so beautiful when the Holy Spirit creates this bigness of heart that says, I know you hurt me, but I'm coming back, and you can't escape me, and I'm going to fight for this relationship because we were called to be one. It is so beautiful when people who are so different put differences aside and, and come together over what truly matters and fight for peace. That is pleasant and beautiful. So you want to know how to neighbor you do it by refereeing for peace. But before we go, what if we had a different vision for the world? What if instead of the pandemic bringing out the worst in people, this pandemic could bring out the very best in people? You know, to talk about this, I wonder, have you ever worked for a company or been on a team or been in an environment that as soon as you put on a uniform, you changed your persona into the company. As soon as you were there, you changed. I was reading about uh, someone's time in the armed service, and, and they were talking about how, how boot camp and wearing that uniform, it just changed them into some great ways. I remember what it was to be at some businesses, and as long as I was there, I had to say certain lines. 
You know, I love going uh, to Chick-fil-A. When they put on that uniform, uh, getting a little bit better than minimum wage, they still say, it's my pleasure. That's great. I love it. Maybe you've had this experience that, again, the uniform changes the persona. So we have already been clothed with Christ. And in doing so, God says now there's a different script. He says that your actions are changed. Paul says this, whatever you do now, being clothed with Christ, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If, If I'm wearing Jesus, it means that when I'm on Facebook, it means that when I'm driving, it means that when I'm working, it means that when I'm talking to my neighbor, it means that when I'm talking to my family member, if Jesus would not be happy with it, if he would not put his thumbs up in approval, for those actions, those words, those sentiments, that I should not be doing it. And this is how we neighbor. We neighbor well by doing everything in the name of Jesus. For his is the only name that matters. And his issues transcend the petty ones that are going on right now. As big as they might be, spiritual concerns will always trump the things that fade away. What's the world need now? Love by neighbors. May God so empower us by his love to let this love flow from our hearts to those around us. And may he change the world by it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bring unity to the people across this land. Heal the divisions across our nation. Let the power of your love flow to us and through us for the sake of others. You have told us to love our neighbor, but we need your power to do this. Thank you that everything you ask me to do, you have already done for me. And now let me be a child that pleases you. Let us as a church be a group where others find unity and peace. In Jesus' name, amen.